Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day, <coughs> excuse me, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, when the day had fully come, when it had fully come, I don't recall anywhere in the word that said when it fully went. The spirit is still on earth. The, the spirit is still moving. Can I get an amen today? He's still moving. He's still, he's still proving himself. He's still moving on the face of the earth. When the day of Pentecost, the Spirit had fully come, they were all of one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. It was like fire was resting upon them. And there appeared to them divided tongues of fire set upon each of them, and they were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is speaking to the apostles here and tells them, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Let's pray. Lord, be with us today. Open up our hearts. Open up our ears. Let us be focused on you today. Lord, right now, I pray that this word falls into the hearts and lives of people and it sets them on fire. I love you today. And the church said amen. Amen and amen. I've been telling you this for a month, and I need your help preaching today. These allergies will not leave me alone. I've been up all night coughing my head off. Yes. So I need your help preaching today, and so uh, help me preach this thing today, especially when I get to the end of this, because I will be wore out by the time I get through with my voice by the end of the day. So help me preach this thing today, because today is Pentecost Sunday. It is always celebrated. Um, a lot of people grew up in churches. Uh, I was speaking with someone the other day and they said, I didn't even know it was, I didn't even know it was a day. I didn't even know it was anything. Um, a lot of churches don't really recognize it, but it is celebrated. It's always celebrated 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is not just a New Testament thing, but in the Old Testament, there was, uh, it was one of the feasts, the Feast of Pentecost, and it was always celebrated 50 days after Passover. In the Old Testament, you have the Passover. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ became the Lamb. Amen? That's the reason he became the Lamb, and he became your Passover. He allowed Satan and sickness and things to pass over you by his blood. Amen? So now we celebrate it 50 days after the resurrection. Uh, from the very beginning in the feast, they would bring in some of their first grains and their wheats. Pentecost has always been about the harvest, and it is still about the harvest. We have been given the power to reach generations. We've been given spiritual gifts and talents and abilities. Why? Not for entertainment, not for our own use, but everything that God has given us is to reach a harvest. Amen? It's to reach the harvest. The Word tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just another level. <coughs> 
but it is a whole other dimension. Amen. You move into a dimension of unlimited power. You move and whenever you are being filled with the Spirit, you are being filled and, and tapping into a power that you did not know that you were able to possess. The word says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. There were 120 people in the upper room that day when the, when the winds started blowing, when the fire started falling, when the Spirit began to dwell here on earth, 120 people were in that upper room that day. Uh, and it was the birthing of the church. It was the birthing of the church. Pentecost Sunday is also known as the church's birthday, the day that the church as a whole was born. The Word said that those 120 people left that place and they took that fire with them and thousands of people were added in just a matter of days because no one had ever seen or felt anything like it before. It is the, it is the birth of the church and the first church ever planted on planet earth, the first church that was ever launched, guess what, was a Pentecostal church. Uh, you, you can't argue with the facts today. If you think about it, even in the New Testament, there were no type, there were no type of, of, uh, of denominations. There were no Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal uh, sects, no, no type of assemblies of God or nothing. No, no, no. There was nothing like that. Everybody was filled with the Spirit. It was one big Pentecostal church. And if you really want to be a New Testament kind of church, a church that's being the hands and feet of Jesus, you have to be committed and dedicated to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen? These 120 people, they had an assignment on their life that could not be fulfilled by themselves. They had an assignment on their life that was bigger than they were. They had an assignment that would require more willpower than they had, more determination, more physical strength, more, more spiritual strength than they possessed. And this power that they encountered in that upper room that day, it was like a catalyst. It pushed them forward. It moved them. And these disciples, it's important to note that these disciples that were even in the room. They had been walking with Jesus for a few years. They had literally been walking by his side, helping him, serving with him. They had walked with him, talked with him. They had literally walked uh, watched him walk on the water. They had watched him uh, speak peace to the waves. They were on the boat when Jesus got out on the water. They had seen it. They watched him turn the water into wine. They watched him as he healed the sick. They watched him be crucified and buried and resurrected again. And yet they understood that although they were so tight with Jesus that they could not do what God had called them to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they, were, they were shadowing him every day of their life. I told first service that they had the best internship program ever. It was hands-on. They were literally rubbing shoulders with Jesus, yet they could not go forward in ministry until they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, if Peter needs the Holy Spirit, Chase Holsenbach needs the Holy Spirit. If John needed the Holy Ghost, guess what? You need the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen today? <laughs> 
understand this, that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's more than just a new experience, but it is a whole new dimension. It's a, it's a divine dimension. Divine meaning that, 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 that you have a source of a supernatural being that is helping you out. Divine meaning that, that, you've, that you've never experienced that place before. Meaning that you are occupying territory that you never thought you would occupy. It's having what you've never had. It's walking where you never thought you would walk before. It's teaching in a way that you never thought you would teach. It's doing what you never thought you could do before. It's, it's, it, 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 it means that you are no longer predictable. It's a, it's a new dimension. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of predictable church. Anybody with me? Where you can predict when it will start. You can predict predict when it will end. You can you know who will be there, who will not be there. You can predict what songs are going to be sung. Who who will be there and who will not. You, you know how long it's going to last. But there is something that is stirring up in churches today. There is a remnant that is rising up in the church today. Can I get an amen? There are people, there's something that's stirring up in me today saying, Lord, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. Lord, just have your way. I don't care when it starts. I don't care when it ends. Lord, just come into this place and shake up something. Lord, set us free of the norm. Set us free of some things. And as I see the situation of a nation... As I see the situation of a nation, now more than ever, we need to be praying, Lord, you need to wreck the church because you can't wreck people's lives until he wrecks the church again. You can't, the all dead churches cannot revive cities. Lord, have your way. I don't care, guess what? I don't care if people think I'm crazy. There's something that's, there's this stigma that's attached to the Holy Spirit, holy rollers, shouters, runners, pew jumpers. You've probably heard them. You may have, had, you may have some slang words yourself for crazy Pentecostals. But I'm at the point in my life where I don't care if someone thinks I'm crazy. Because when I look at their life, their life is crazy. I don't care if they think I'm crazy. I don't care if they think I'm crazy. I don't care what social media says about me. I don't care what hometown headlines prints about me. I don't care if somebody thinks I'm crazy. But watch who they call when they are in need of prayer. Watch who they call when they are in need of miracle. They want to call somebody who's got a divine touch, who's in full of the Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I'm just at the place where I'm just like, I don't care anymore. It's more than just another level. It's a whole other dimension. I was talking about these stairs earlier today. These stairs are like symbolic of levels because it's, it's possible to go to another level and still be attached to the old level. It's, 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 it's possible to, 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 to feel goosebumps on this level and feel nothing on this level, but yet be straddling the levels. It's so, it's, it's, it's so easy 
to, uh, it's so easy to get comfortable on a level. It's so easy. I was there, but now I'm here, but, but, but I can still see where I was at. I'm, I'm, I'm still so close. I, I can hear everything that's happening at, at that level. I, can, I, got, I still got connections there where I know everything that's happening. It's so easy to go to another level, yet still have some things of yours on the old level. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, it is more than just another level. It's a whole nother dimension, somebody. Because when you go to another dimension, you can't even see where you were. You can't even hear. You, you don't care what they are saying back where you were. You can't, you, you, you can't go to another dimension with one foot there and one foot here. That's not how you get to dimension. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of moving just little levels in the spirit. Amen. I want a whole new dimension in the spirit. I want to go to to a place where I can say, whoo, you know what? I've never seen anything like this happen before. I've never felt like, I've never felt anything like this before. I've never seen so many people saved before. I've never seen so many people filled with the Spirit before. I've never seen so many people delivered from addictions before. I've never seen so many homosexuals released from that captivity. I've never seen this much healing before. I've never seen restoration this like this. I've never seen growth like this before. Is there anybody else in here that's longing for a whole new dimension. Jesus gave his disciples some instructions. He said, tarry until you are endued with power from on high. In Acts 1.8, he says, you will receive power. You will receive power once the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The word receive means to gain access to. You will gain access to a power. But get this, you can't get access to the Holy Spirit until you give the Holy Spirit access to you. We want the power. We want the gifts. But we don't want him inside of us. Because if he gets inside of us, something's got to come out of us. If he gets inside of us, that means one word, change. And I've seen some of you. You don't like change. You gain access by giving him access to you. You are getting access to power. You are getting access to a new dimension. That means that things change. And the thing that changes the most is you. I told first service that it's a, I, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of people. I'm in, I'm in ministry groups. And I, I, I'm in a ministry group here in, in, in Rome. And I think I'm the only Pentecostal in the room, and that's okay. And I think sometimes they probably think I'm a little nuts. It's okay. And... and and so many times I hear, you know, people that, are, people that are filled with the Holy Ghost, they think they're better than everybody. You ever heard that one? They think they're lofty. They, you know, they're up there and they, they got their own language. They're so special. And, they, and they're praying and they, it's, like, it's, it's like they think they're on the same page as the Lord. I wanted to share this, that the Holy Ghost doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. 
It makes me a better version of me. It allows me to do things that Chase could never do in the flesh. It allows me to preach ways that Chase could never preach in the flesh. It allows me to lay hands on the sick and the sick have to recover. It makes me a better version of me. It don't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. You, you are a better version of yourself when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You are a better version of you. Uh, uh, you, you. You can be who God wants you to be. You can fulfill his will for your life when you get filled. Things that, things that used to distract you before you are filled will no longer distract you because now you are looking at them through a new lens of the Spirit. You'll start viewing your situation differently. You'll start viewing your children and your marriage differently. You'll start viewing your job and your church differently when you get filled with the Spirit. When you get filled with the Spirit, you'll no longer look as at a church as it's all about me, but you'll look at a church as it's all about the harvest. I'm willing to do whatever I got to do because I know what's happening. Because you know that you have access to a power that when something comes up in one of those areas, your family, your church, your house, your job, you know that you've got a prayer language that he's gifted you with, that, that, that he gave you when you were filled with the Spirit. I've had several people already this morning ask about, about, about just about that. So I, may, I, may, I, I preached it a couple of times. I may preach it again next week because we've got a lot of new people, and people are asking, what is it? that, that he, he, he gives you this prayer language that when you don't know what or how to pray, you can pray in the Spirit, and it can accomplish what you never knew was even possible. And we wonder why the enemy doesn't, does not want you to be filled with the Spirit. We wonder why the enemy loves quiet churches. We wonder why the enemy is trying to get churches to stop talking about the Holy Ghost because it's your power you are here on earth to push the agenda of God you want to know you want to know God's plan for you there it is God's plan for you is for you to push his agenda through the power of the Holy Spirit while here on earth and you can do this by receiving, by gaining access to a supernatural power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This term for power here is, 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 is dunamis, dunamis. This is, this is where you get the word dynamite. Dynamite was pulled from the Greek word dunamis. Dynamite was this um, amazing invention. You could use dynamite to make a way where there seemed to be no way. You could use dynamite to move obstacles. You could, you, could, you could use dynamite to blast the sides of mountains and make them move. It could level things that were in your way from moving forward. And God is saying to the church today, I have given you a dunamis. I have given something inside of you that has the power of dynamite. It can make a way where there seems to be no way. It can go before you and move mountains. It can push you forward. It can level mountains and hurdles. I've given you the power to move obstacles. And when it seems immovable, I'm putting a power inside of you to speak and that thing's got to move. You need to get this in your notes today that kingdom work 
requires kingdom power. Kingdom work requires kingdom power. You can't be about the Father's business if you don't have the Father's power. If you get in the Father's business without his power, it will, it will, it will, it will sweep over you. It will, it, will, it will overtake you. When God asks you to do something, when God gives you a vision or a plan, the thing that he asks you to do will always be bigger than you are. And whenever he gives you a plan, it's never just about you. So if you think God told you something and it's just about you, and it's not stretching you, you need to get back into your prayer closet because God's not finished with you yet. God, whenever, whenever God speaks a vision or a plan, it will, it, it will never just be about you. It will always require multiple people. Why? Because that's the way he works. It, 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 his plan will always require you to network. Why? It's, it's, it's the way the kingdom operates. It's the way the kingdom operates. He will always put something on you that is bigger than you. Why? Because he knows and he's trying to get you to a place where you know you can't do it without the power of the Spirit. He, he will, it, it will always stretch you. It will always be more than you can do by yourself. Jesus told his disciples, I've got to work for you. It's going to be big. But you can't, you, you, can't, you can't do, you can't go out and win thousands of people without this power that I have for you. And in John 14, 16, just jot it down. He said, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper. He's going to give you something. In one translation, it says, I will send a comforter. In the Greek, the word for another helper is allos parakletos. And while and whenever you're looking at these words, this word means the same as me. He said, I'm going to send a helper. It's just like having me with you. It will, it will be parakletos. It will be the same. Parakletos, parallel. It will be right beside you. It will just be, it'll be just like me. He will look like me. He will give you the same power that I can give you. The King James Version says, I will send you a comforter. The word comforter means a helper a pleader, a defender. He said, I will send someone to argue for you. Then why are you arguing with all these people? You don't need to prove yourself. Do not get in these debates online. They don't work. They're a trap of Satan. Keep swiping. You don't have to defend yourself. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to defend yourself. The Spirit, the Helper, he said he's a counselor, he's a pleader, and this Greek word used here is paraclete. It's a legal term. As a lawyer, he will argue for you. He will fight for you. It's this legal term. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit prays through us. When we don't know what to pray, this lawyer comes up and stands before the Lord and said, Lord, this is your son. What is he praying? What is he doing? He is praying. He is praying, Lord, 
open the door. Lord, close that door. Lord, move that cancer. Lord, heal her family. Lord, heal the diabetes. Lord, make that cancer go. Lord, break the addiction over them. He stands up in the courtroom. And is fighting for you. He is omnipotent. He's, he, he's all-knowing. He's everywhere. He's all-powerful. And this all-powerful, all-knowing God, guess what? He starts praying through you. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't know what to pray? Yes. If you've never been in a place where you don't know what to pray, you must not pray. Because if you pray long enough, you'll be like, I don't even know what to pray about that. Anybody been there? And guess what happens? When you've prayed everything that you can see and you've prayed everything that you've learned and you can remember, finally you get to the place where I can't pray. And the Holy Spirit rises up inside of you and begins to speak and say, Father, he is crying out on your behalf. He is pleading in front of the jury. I know you think he's guilty, but this is my child. Gossip, you've got to cease. Lies, you've got to cease. Backbiting, see, this is my child. He prays for doors to open. He prays for promises to be fulfilled. He prays for gossip to stop over your family. He prays for sickness to leave your house. There are times when you know what to pray and times when you don't. But whenever you don't, he reminds you of how you need his spirit. Man, help me out. When looking at the word paraclete, Looking at the word paraclete used in this verse to describe the helper and the comforter. This word is also used as a Greek military term. Huh. And when the Greeks would go into an unknown territory, when they would go places they've never been and they needed help, when they would go into places where they felt like the enemy may be camped out, they created a system of operations. And it seems so logical, but they, this started in the Greeks when they were on the battlefield going out to new territory. The soldier would march forward and then behind them, back to back was another soldier and as this soldier is walking forward this soldier is watching his back and both both soldiers had their shield both soldiers had their swords drawn and they are watching and the man on the backside he's like the wingman he was watching from the back he 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 was watching from the back because he had a different perspective he had a different vision he could see he could see arrows that were flying in and whenever they would fly in he would raise up his shield and protect the soldier that was moving forward he was he 
he, would, he, he, he was watching. He had one eye on the enemy and one eye on the soldier. And they called that man in the back the paraclete. Let me tell you something this morning. Whenever you get the gift of the Holy Ghost, not only do you get access to power, not only do you get a helper, not only do you get a comforter, but whenever you are moving into a new season of your life and you are fearful, whenever you are moving into a new job, whenever you are moving into a new territory and you're like, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. When you are entering through doors that you've never walked through before, when you are advancing in ways that you never thought was possible, not only do you get a comforter, not only do you get a, not only do you get a leader, no, you also, guess what? You also get somebody, a paraclete. You also get somebody that's watching your back day and night and he's protecting you and he's walking with you. And guess what? This is the truth. You can have it all today. He can shake up your life today. He can move you to a new dimension today. It's like I told for first service. There's always those people like, I, I don't, Pastor, I just don't know. This Holy Spirit stuff, it's, it's, it's all mystical. It's weird. I don't know, Pastor. Growing up in a Pentecostal church, there were some Sundays when you didn't want your best friend to be there. Because you know you're going to explain to them why Sister Ruby's jumping. Why Dorothy's in the floor rolling around. You're like, Lord, please don't be today. Can I quench the spirit somehow? I will do it today, Lord. You ever been there as a kid? Look, I just don't know, Pastor. It's just so weird, and I just don't know if I can believe it. Let me break it down for you. This is what I, this is why, if you think about it this way, it's, it's almost, it's, it'll almost make you laugh because this is what I can't understand about people in a lot of churches that will not engage in the spirit or will not talk about it or skip today. It, it, it's almost kind of funny when you think because like, I, I, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's just out there. It's, it's, it's too, I don't know if I can believe it. But yet, you believe Jesus was born of a virgin. You believe Mary got pregnant. She'd never been with a man. You'll believe that. You believe that Jesus did miracles. You're, you're crazy enough to believe that Jesus walked on the water, but yet you can't believe in this Holy Spirit stuff. You're crazy enough to believe he turned water into wine. You're, you believe that he was crucified and buried and put in a borrowed tomb. But you think this Holy Spirit stuff is just way out there. <laughs> Say it out loud. It sounds kind of funny, don't it? That we'll believe all of this stuff. We will believe that he was put in a borrowed tomb. He was resurrected. That man got out of the grave like a ghost and went up and now is seated at the right hand of the Father. And we can believe that, but we can't believe in the Holy Ghost. You will see. You believe that there's power in the blood that was shed thousands of years ago. You believe that that blood still has some power to it. But you won't believe in the Holy Spirit. 
You believe that you are saved because of that blood and your sins are under that blood and that red blood washed you white as snow. But you can't believe in the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. The devil is a liar. He will do everything he can to cause confusion for you. Would you just stand up on your feet today? I don't know why you just don't go all in today. I don't know why you just say, Lord... I want to be filled with the Spirit today. I was filled as a kid, Lord, but it's been a while. Guess what? If you've been filled before, you need to get refilled today. You need to get refilled every day you put your feet on the ground. Can I get it? Amen? If you go to Walmart, you need the Holy Ghost. If you go to Aldi, you need the Holy Ghost. If you're a, if you're a racetrack in our mercy, those pumps are as slow as Christmas. You need the Holy Ghost because you will start talking in a known tongue. They slow. You need the Holy Ghost every day of your life. Why are we so scared of it? Let me tell you something. The devil knows that's where the power is. Come on, we're, we're going to sing this out this morning. Come on, would you just raise up your hands with me today? Yes, Lord. into the temple in Matthew 21. He was mad about what he saw happening in that temple. He was cleaning out the temple that day. He was turning over the tables. And he looks over and he sees the man selling doves. The dove is symbolic all throughout scripture, even in Genesis, even in Genesis where it is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And see this with me. Get, get
get this in your mind with me. Jesus walks into the temple yard. He's in the temple. There is a man, and he sees a table with a bunch of doves on it. These doves are for sale. They are not flying. So I'm assuming they are in a cage or they're chained together, wired together somehow, so they cannot fly away. The dove was in the house but was confined to a box. The spirit was in the sanctuary, but it was confined to a box. The dove is symbolic of the Holy Spirit all throughout Scripture. There are some churches, there are some people that want the Holy Spirit, but they want to keep him in a cage. They want to have him on the table so that he can be seen. They want to have him on the table for the status. See, we believe in the Holy Spirit. There he is. But they don't want him out of the cage. You want to know why people get so afraid of it? You pastors, leaders get afraid of it? Because you can't control it. And there are some, if they can't control it, they don't want it. Oh, Lord. Woo! Felt that come back on me. I can't control it. What if it gets too wild? What if somebody gets on their knees? What if somebody raises a pinky? It's funny to us, but it's real in some places in this city where we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit, He's in a cage. Because guess what? It's just too crazy. It's just too wild. I can't control it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how to do it. But guess what? Jesus is in churches all across America this morning. Jesus is in the nation this morning. And he's ready to turn over some tables. He's ready to loose some doves. He's ready to turn loose the spirit. I said he's ready to turn loose the spirit in some places. He's ready for the dove to start. I believe I can fly. He's ready for it. He's ready for the dove. He's ready for the spirit to move. Come on. Come on. We're going to sing this out today. Oh, come on. Turn over the cage today. Turn it over today. flipped the cages as soon as the doves got loose the word said that the blind and the lame walked into that temple and they were healed immediately whenever you let the dove loose in your church there will be signs 
There will be wonders and there will be a harvest of people who did not believe. Guess what? People were coming by and say, what happened in there? There ain't nobody been healed in that place for weeks. Nothing's happened. What happened? Oh, what, my God, there's a dove flying around in this place. The dove has been set free. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the dove to be loosed. In a ch- I'm, I want the dove to be loosed in America again. I'm ready for the spirit to fly all across. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. Lord, send it away. Lord, let the cage swing open today. Let the spirit come in America again. Come on. Come on, let's sing it out today. 